Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Uh, how should we handle this? We're going to uh, we're gonna try to fire ourselves up. The Patriots hosting the Buffalo Bills this Sunday at Gillette Stadium in the Latest in a series of pivotal must-win integrals. Uh, yeah, or do we just? <laughs> All right. Or the do we season's just... over. It's still football season. You still get to watch football Sunday at one. You get to watch your Patriots. You can fixate on something that maybe gives you a little positive energy. But I'm trying to actually figure out what that is, and we over the next fifteen to twenty minutes, we're going to try to maybe divine oh, what that is. Or it's what? easy. Demario yeah. Douglas. For ser- guy. He's like five foot nothing, 120 pounds soaking wet. And every time he catches the ball, he gets hurt. There goes the positivity. I was All right. Well, that, and on that note, we welcome you to the latest and sure to be greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you by our friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens at Fitzy GFY and Andy Jumbo Hart at Jumbo Hart here with you to preview the latest installment of Williams and Patriots. Uh, Andy, uh, this will be a little, uh, this is a fun one today. We've got our preview and of course the FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week. We are proudly sponsored by FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash six rings to take advantage of their fantastic Thursday night football, same game parlay promotions, as well as all the bonus bets you can get if you sign up today. In the back half of the podcast, our normal Patriots beat writer chat this week will be brought to you by our friend. Mike Cadlick, who had a chance on Wednesday of this week to catch up with one of the bright young rising stars of the Patriots media cartel and someone who is uh, uh, excessively, uh, well, I won't say inordinately or excessively. He's just very positive, does a great job with his film breakdowns and analytics. 
Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media. So you will definitely want to catch that on the back half of the pod. And of course, tomorrow we'll take you behind enemy lines. We're doing a little pod swap this week. We're going to make an appearance on our sister pod up in Buffalo. It's always game day in Buffalo with Sal and Mike. And then one of them will be kind enough to join us for a bonus preview pod as we go behind enemy lines and let the Bills people tap dance on our graves and make fun of where we're at these days. But at the moment, Andy, we're going to try to just sort of like set the table for this game. The last one, two, three, four, five, the last, um, last four of these contests, if you will, have not gone well for the Patriots. One, two, three. Yes, the last four of these contests uh, have been to Buffalo. Buffalo has won six of the last seven. The most recent meeting, the final game of the 2022 season in January of 2023. Bills 35, Pats 23, a game Buffalo was begging the Patriots to beat them in. Of course, two Naeem Hines kickoff return touchdowns. We'll do that to you to spoil your possible wildcard berth playoff party. That was the end of the Joe Judge, Matt Patricia reverse engineered offense as we knew it as well. The next day, Robert Kraft was to send a letter to season ticket holders promising that things would get better next season and there would be a commitment to excellence and excellence and a return to form. Spoiler. Whoops. And then the following night, uh, a press release at seven o'clock where Robert Kraft said they were going to be pursuing a new offensive coordinator, a legitimate offensive coordinator to better the offense. Spoiler alert. <laughs> alert didn't work and they were also going to hold on to or do everything they could to retain gerard mayo so obviously the games against the bills and the way the season went on the whole precipitated a lot of change or at least some demands from ownership cut to nine months later and nothing has changed actually it has it's only gotten worse now patriots sit at one in five they have scored a whopping 72 points on mass total on the season they're averaging 12 points a game not good enough to win one, many, or any games in the NFL, so long as the winds are not gusting at 65 miles an hour in Buffalo. Meanwhile, your Buffalo Bills, once again a Super Bowl contender, an AFC East favorite, sit four and two on the season, but some very roller coaster, dare I say, uncharacteristic, or let me ask you this, Andy, has the play of the Buffalo Bills this season been more characteristic of their talent, where when they are working in harmony and sync. They can be one of the best teams in the NFL, but oftentimes they rely too much on their wonder kid quarterback, Josh Allen, and he tries to do a little too much. And next thing you know, if he and Steph Diggs aren't cooking and the running game doesn't get going, uh, they find themselves in for the fight of their lives against a woefully inept Giants team on Sunday Night Football, squeaking out a 14-9 win. I think the Bills are symbolic of good modern football teams in which a lot of them, and I would put, you know, Cowboys in this category, maybe Chargers in this category, teams that have a lot of talent, mm -hmm. can look like world beaters, can roll off four drives in a row where it's 28 points, but also have some inconsistencies and can play down to their opposition and can find lulls in their motivation or their coaching or whatever it may be. You're lacking the the consistency for true greatness because the Bills are a really good team. Like, they're a really good team. They could win the Super Bowl. There's no doubt in my mind they could win the Super Bowl if everything rolls right. Even with the two significant injuries they suffered on the defensive side of the ball, we all, of course, know the Patriots losing Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez for the season. They lost their top linebacker, Matt Milano, for the season. BC product, we always root for him around these parts, except when he plays the Patriots. And Tredavious White, his second mm -hmm. season-ending injury, in three seasons this time 
an Achilles injury, even with the defensive losses they've suffered, you think Buffalo still has what it takes to maybe get to the big, the big game? Absolutely. They still have a great pass rush. Pass rushes change everything for a defense. They can overcome the lack of corners. Because I think, and I said this with my buddy Mike Cadlick over on the Crucial Clashes edition of the Six Rings feed, that when before the Tredavious White injury, you kind of checked off all the, the boxes as a Bills contender. Like, you have the great quarterback. You have the great number one pass catcher. You have the great pass rush. You have the great cornerback. Like, you have all sort of the things you'd like to draw up to have mm -hmm. a Super Bowl contender. But the reality is Josh Allen is capable of carrying that football team. Patriots have seen it firsthand. He can do anything he wants against the Patriots, it seems, at times. Where you run through you, run over you, run around you, throw a bullet, throw a lob, mm -hmm. throw whatever you want. Um, and when Steph Diggs is rolling, he's one of the best players at his position in the game. Patriots have seen that as much as anybody in recent years. They can't stop Steph Diggs. I think they have a pretty good coach. Uh, and the reality is in the AFC, there's good teams, not great teams right now. We'll see if anybody rolls into great because they already beat the Dolphins, who were supposed to be the great team, or supposed to be the best team. Yeah. Um, that was a so Miami scores 70 points one week against the Denver Broncos. Then they fly up to Buffalo, where they put on a whale of a show back in January with Skylar Thompson keeping nip and tuck and pace with Buffalo before they were ultimately kind of like humbled by Cincinnati the next week. That was a good game. It was four hours long as well. Uh and then they put like they, they win that game like 48 to 20, but then they lose games. Then they lose a game in London to the Jaguars with Josh, the other Josh Allen, once again, besting Buffalo's Josh Allen. Then they come back the next week and you think, oh, man, they're going to really take it out against a Giants team that's starting Tyrod Taylor and has literally guys like Justin Pugh getting off the sofa and playing tackle on the offensive line. And it goes down to the final play of the game. Yep. Yep. Like what that's, modern, are, that's modern NFL. It is, they are a total emotional roller coaster of a team. If they're firing on all cylinders, they should be able to put up 35 against anybody any given week and probably give up no more than 20. Yet at the same time, you know, Josh Allen, you know, can't beat the Jets, has a hard time on in the primetime slot, but then crushes Miami. So you kind of wonder which version of the Buffalo Bills is going to show up. Sunday at Gillette. I don't think the weather's going to be a factor. We have a Narista coming through these parts over the weekend because thank God I was just I'm just looking forward to a rainy Saturday again for a change. Yeah, we need one. I need we one find, where I, I can just lay on the couch and not do yeah. anything because you know I've just been doing so many chores and things on Saturdays. Ah, the weather's been so peaking, great. Yeah, apple picking, taking the family yeah. for long walks in the just park. Need one rainy dreary Saturday if I yes. could only get one or to emotionally dovetail right into a dreary Sunday where the Pats suck once again. Now, uh, the Pats. Okay, the I think I'm going to borrow from Mark Daniels' tweet on this one. Uh, yesterday afternoon, Patriots injury report is as long as a CVS receipt. 20 players is a new season high. Holy smoke. So the DNPs, there were six of them. They were Trent Brown, chest, Hunter Henry, ankle, Jonathan Jones, knee, Riley Reef knee, Josh Uche, knee, ankle, Keon White concussion. So we can probably look forward to some, if not most of those guys not playing. We'll see what happens on Thursday when we get the latest injury report. I doubt Keon White plays. We'll see about Josh Uche. We've also heard no contract negotiations with Uche and the team. As of this point, who knows which way that will go. And then from David Andrews all the way down to Sean Wade with a bunch of other dudes in between, you have uh, many limited participants. 
Now I would, it's great to see Demario Douglas back on the field. Uh, Ramondre is managing an ankle. This guy's been banged up all season. It could explain a lot of what's been going on with him. Devon Godshaw's got an ankle. Cole Strange still battling his knee issue as well. I mean, they are just an absolute mash unit right now. But does that, I mean, if they're if they're fully healthy with who they have, how much of a difference does that make against Buffalo? I think the Bills have to lose the game. I don't think the Patriots at full strength can beat the Buffalo Bills. I don't think there's a matchup you like. I don't think there's an area of the team you like. The Bills are just play at a different level in the NFL right now than the New England Patriots do. These roles have reversed over the last 20-plus years, um, and now you're the nail. You're no longer the hammer. Now, I'm not saying the injuries don't factor in and won't make things more difficult or whatever, but I firmly believe the Bills have to lose this game, and the problem mm -hmm. is Patriots haven't shown the ability or the affinity for allowing another team to lose it. Like, they can't take advantage of opportunities that are presented to them by anyone not named Zach Wilson. They're pretty, he's mm -hmm. pretty much the only guy that they are willing gift takers from. So it's interesting. I think they're banged up personally. I know there's a mm -hmm. lot of talk. Is this like some Belichickian game? Cause he has effed around with the injury report over the years. He goes from 20 down to zero back to 20. I know Mike Giardi, our buddy has a, uh, an idea that I like, I would like to embrace that. This is actually bill, um, laying the foundation for a defense of his horrible season when he has to meet with Robert Kraft in early January and saying, well, week seven, we had 20 guys on the injury report. Not only did we have all these other issues, but we were banged up midway through October. Hey, what do you want me to do over here? I can't do so much with garbage. Yeah, you created all of a sudden, I don't know why Bill Belichick just I don't know why Bill's got that accent, but. <laughs> Honestly, Andy, get ready for a whole two-thirds of a season of this because we're going to have to do some things to entertain ourselves because even doing our worst Bill Belichick impersonation isn't fun, isn't that fun anymore. Everything Belichickian becomes a, a point of consternation and frustration now. So if no I have fun, to turn him in, if I have to turn him into a, a, a comic cliche mob boss for him, you got to do what do, you got to right? whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Just like Captain America said, whatever it takes. So whatever it takes for the Patriots to beat the Bills will probably be a Josh Allen injury. If Josh Allen leaves the game, and I know there was even some consternation in Buffalo this week that he's got a right shoulder injury. He's on the injury report. Um, he said no problem. Got played McDermott through a UCL left. injury, for God's sakes, and could still throw the ball 70 yards. Well, because he's really freaking good. Um, must be nice to have a really freaking good quarterback and a really freaking good wide receiver and a really freaking good pass rush, and that's fun. Well, now, see, you bring that up. Now, there's been a lot made... You know, we, we've done as much on our pod, as you may have heard. We did it on the Six Rings post game show. You discussed it with Keith, and I did it with Rich Keith. Been a lot of the whole, like, who, who are our keepers? Who's going to be the new core as we try to forge our way through the season, battle on, and maybe suss out a few golden threads or positives? Who could likely be traded, and who just flat out at this point would you say, just take the money and run? We're, we're good at this point. We don't want to waste your time, and we certainly don't want to waste our time, even though all we have at this point, it seems is time sadness defeats and time uh you know i i i don't i don't know you know who who at this point on the patriots is capable of rising up and making a difference in a game like this like the secondary it's such a it's such a wild card at this point adrian phillips not getting as much playing time jalen phillips not jalen mills not getting as much playing time as before jonathan jones perpetually banged up jack jones comes back to practice this week is he going to play? What kind of shape is he going to be in after the mystery hamstring following the acquittal of charges? Probably. <laughs> wow. Cactus Jack likes Jack Jones. Cactus, <laughs> Cactus um, Jack Jones. <laughs> I'm 
Thank there you go. Just like last night, I coined an excellent nickname for another NFL coach, Open Mike McDaniels. You, you See, ripping on him? No, I love him. I talk. Okay. I, I, no, I, I freely admitted I am entertained by Mike McDaniel. <laughs> now, one of the reasons why is because they're successful. If he was, you know, if he was two and twenty-two as a head coach in the NFL, his shtick, if you will, would probably wear thin pretty quick. But the fact that he's an offensive like innovator Bill's. and his team performs exactly. How's Bill shtick doing the last couple of years? That's why I turned him into a comic Broken book character shtick. earlier because his shtick is not wearing so well anymore. Uh, JC Jackson perpetually against Steph Diggs loses that matchup nine out of 10 times. Like Steph Diggs usually gets the best of Mr. INT. He may as well be Mr. DNP because Steph Diggs eats his lunch on a regular basis. We've known, we've seen before, uh, Isaiah McKenzie give miles Bryant the business in the slot as well. Now, could this be a Damian Harris revenge game as well? Is he going to come in extra motivated? Are they going to try to run the, you think they try to run the ball or do you think they'll be They'll be I think they're going to try to ground and pound control they the clock. To. It's the only thing the Bills aren't good at. Teams average 5.4 yards per carry against the Bills. And it's mm -hmm. the only thing the Patriots have had really marginal success at that third quarter drive to yep. open. Oh, the Pats are definitely going to run. They have they to run. Absolutely. But will the Bills do the same, Andy? Oh, no. I think the Bills will throw for 360. You think Josh, you think Josh Allen has a day akin to remember the 38 to nine beat down on Monday night football yeah. in December, 2020, the COVID year, Josh Allen had gotten word that Belichick didn't think he was all that in a bag of he's chips or asked ever since. Yeah. And he's basically save for when Poseidon decided to enter the chat Correct. in the wind, in the wind game in December of 2021, Josh Allen has basically had his way. Now, like a lot of these quarterbacks, like Jimmy generous last week and others, he'll give you one. He's definitely he'll airmail one. He'll he'll look he's your so way. He's so good. He's thrown six picks in six games and still has a hundred and two passer rating. That's how good he is. You're not Didn't, supposed to average a pick a game and still have a passer rating over a hundred. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but a troika of them came in the opener against the New York Jetropolitans, Correct. They still count. I well, I okay. I was just you making sure. away Max de Dallas game. No, we don't. We we hold that. Oh game no. Okay. Oh so no. I I hung that in the Louvre. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was a masterpiece. We hold games, bad games, good games. What Jalen hurts doesn't turn the ball over. Well, he turned the ball over last week. Like that mm -hmm. counts. We we don't. We, this isn't like mathematics where you take out the best and you take out the worst. Nope. No no no. This is the NFL no. where we remember no. everything. But my point is, there is no common core to NFL statistics. No. When you can throw six picks in six games and still have a hundred passer rating, it means, oh, by the way, you threw 13 touchdowns in that span and you're really good. And oh, by the way, you have a great point differential. You know, they have the best point differential in the division, right? And the other team scored 70 in a game and they still have a better point differential than the Dolphins. Which is pretty damn impressive. Now, back to that point on the players, the Patriots will try to keep who's going to stick around, who are the ballers, who are the keepers, who's the core, and who is going to be trade bait as me, Sandy, the the final best effort that you will see from the Patriots team this year, like, you know, in defeat, likely not to tip my hand as to who I'm selecting in this game. But the best effort you will see will be a home game. The Patriots are once again, oh, and three season at home. They started 2021, oh, and four at home, but still were able to make the playoffs as they later in the season took advantage of many injury teams. I think for a lot of guys like Kendrick Bourne, who was asked if he. If he's aware that he may trade bait or how he feels, he says he wants to stick around. He wants to be here, but you know, it is what it is and he'll do what he has to do wherever he ends up going. Do you think any, any bit of the playing for pride, but also showcase game value for Patriots players who could very well either look to sign big deals 
or more ultimately get traded out of town. Do you think that could keep this game close Sunday? No. All right. I don't Had think the Patriots have a want to problem. They have a can't problem. They can't do the jobs they're asked to do. Verdarian Lowe can't do the job. Like the, the receivers can't get open. Like the, the mm-hmm. I think they, some of them have professional pride. Some don't. There's, you know, the list of the guys that I'm not a big fan of, but David Andrews has a ton. Uh, if only everyone played with the professional pride he did. Yeah. I'm just not Adrian. sure. David Andrews hasn't lost a step at this point in his career. And the problem with the Bills injured front. a ton. I get it. You're on their side center. You get injured a bunch. It happens. Jabril Peppers. If everyone could play like he did, the Patriots would have a fighting chance each and every week in an, an effort representative Correct. of the but region and fan base. No, they're, they're going, you know, the offensive line isn't good and they're going against a defensive front that has 24 sacks in six games. Yes. They average four sacks a game. They're good on the edge with Leonard Floyd. They're good in the middle with Ed Oliver, who Bill said might be as good as anybody they've played. Like they're good everywhere they're good on the other edge with Rousseau and Von right. Miller. Yeah. And so good know. luck. Good luck. What are you going to do? Like, and maybe it's great. Maybe Connor McDermott's out there. Okay. Thank God we have him. And they signed him. It is brought right. in, but speaking of just fresh from the couch. Right. And and maybe Malik Ugh. Cunningham plays, and maybe Bill figures out the backup quarterback rules and has three quarterbacks active. It doesn't matter. There is no way you can expect the Bills to lose this game. They may lose it. It's the NFL. Stuff happens. But right. This season is understand. drunk. This season is absolutely, absolutely drunk and needs to go home. But I would I would urge over. anyone to give me a legitimate, strong stand up in court, stake your life on it argument why the Patriots will win the game on Sunday. Because I don't think one exists. I would love to outline a path, a way, or rationale, a formula or blueprint for how the Patriots could win on Sunday. Mm. The best I can say is that a lot of these guys who have professional pride, who are looking to give the home crowd something to cheer for, and who realize that a good game Sunday may get them sent to a contender as opposed to being on the Patriots pretender the remainder of the season, I think that keeps it close. I could see, I could Good see effort. this being a full. Yeah, that's that's about the best I got. Like I can't I see nothing. the Pats winning outright. Like you, you again. Usually, the way these changes turnovers, the Patriots mm-hmm. don't have turnovers. Now, maybe the Fourier they're due to have a three takeaway game. Maybe they're due for that. Maybe that's you can't what it is. play the word due like that. Okay, due. if you take away my we're due or they're due or he's due, well. You do what you do and you lose. You're a yeah, home you, dog at home and you lose. Yeah, 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 exactly. Home you do the do voodoo that you do. Home dogs in New England are quiet as pussycats. The Patriots the, are pussycats at home when they're home dogs. The only do is the doo-doo the Patriots have been putting on the field each and every Sunday thus far. Like penalties. Look at last game. You yeah. started Opening with two penalties. penalties. You started with a false start, then a second penalty, then you ended with the guy who started the game with a false start you wish he had false started because that would have wiped out the play that nearly wiped out the quarterback that wiped out my ability to win my fan duel bet of the week because it added two points to the game on a safety that shouldn't have been a four-point loss, should have been a two-point loss. Does anyone else's head hurt as much as mine does? It's so <laughs> Jesus. I, I, honestly, can we just clean things up a bit around here? Uh, all oh. right, so the, this is the, the biggest home dog the Pats have been in 20 years since Tom Brady first 22 years since Tom Brady took over as quarterback of the Patriots in 2001, their biggest home dog to Buffalo in 30 years, I think it was 91 or 92. So we're going back to the Rod Rust McPherson C. Kules Hodson days, the old rusty Dick era. (laughs) Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor FanDuel for putting their money where Andy's mouth is. Nope. 
Yep, those three years, otherwise known as the Rusty Dick <laughs> Again, folks, you're just going to have to strap in and deal with it the rest of the season because we have to do something to keep ourselves entertained because Lord knows the Patriots haven't been doing their job. All right, let's get down to it. Let's get down to task Brax and Brass Tax, Andy. It's time for the FanDuel Sportsbook Bet of the Week where we make our pick on the game as well as offer you a propositional wager or something else where you may want to put your money down on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more. Andy, I'm going to make it nice, succinct, and quick here this week. The Buffalo Bills are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at Gillette Stadium on Sunday. Bills Mafia should be pretty well represented. I don't know exactly what share or percentage of Bills fans will be there, but I'm imagining they will represent a pretty good portion of the fan base or those in attendance on Sunday. The over-under is set at 40-and-a-half points. My selection in the game is going to be the Patriots to cover. I do expect the Patriots to lose, unfortunately, but I think it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of a, ah, oh, shucks, darn, wow, they kept it close. How about that type of effort? Maybe Buffalo winning, you know, could be uh, similar to the score against the Dolphins. Uh, let's see, maybe it'll be a 26 to 20 type of game, 26-19, something in that area, you know, 27-20, which will be a cover. And also, my propositional wager, I'll take the Patriots scoring over 15 and a half points, which they haven't done in all the games where they've lost against the Bills recently. There was a 10-point affair. There was a 9. Uh, they also had a, yeah, they do it every other game. So uh, I, I think they're due to score 17 to 20 points this week. But we all know when Mac Jones is a big dog, he don't win. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with the books. I will uh, I will lay the eight and a half points. Um I don't I don't really see how this stays close. Um, I don't think it's quite the layup I saw in that playoff game back in the day. Um, but I do think questionable about how many times you make the Bills punt will be in, be in play here. You may get a couple red zone stops. Maybe we'll chalk up a few more bend but don't break victories like last week. But uh, I think you'll still be significant distance from an actual victory. Maybe we're back to moral victory Monday against the like against the Eagles and and the Dolphins but um I'm going to say something in the range of 2713 uh Bills win and it may not even be that close. I just look at it and say turnovers, offense, defense, pass rush, protection, quarterbacks, coaching, everything, it's all on the side of the Bills and I still say I think Bill Belichick poked the bear with that MVP comment. And I think Josh Allen, who sometimes plays down to the competition and may not be quite ready. And I think he is always fully engaged when he faces Bill Belichick. He wants to embarrass him. He wants to embarrass his team and his defense. Even that story about he took the Gillette sponsorship because it's Gillette Stadium and he wanted part to, to troll them. the Patriots. Yep. I think he cares as much about beating the Patriots and Bill Belichick as any team he faces. And Josh Allen's really good. So if Josh Allen plays... 27, 13 or more bills. And then my prop, and it's not quite up yet on the app. And I know you're not supposed to do this because I don't know the odds, but the odds are Stefan Diggs is going to find his way into the end zone against the Patriots. So give me a Stefan Diggs anytime touchdown. The only thing you have, we talked about this on Cadillac's clashes to throw at Diggs is JC Jackson and Diggs always eats JC Jackson alive. If there's any other option, I don't love it. Like Jack Jones, let's just say he's activated. He hasn't played. 
Miles Bryant. No, stop. Like, Just the, every, everyone know. remembers where they were when the Isaiah McKenzie game happened yeah. in December 2021. No so, thanks. And I know Josh Allen always feels some pressure to feed Diggs because Diggs can be emotional and wants his, and he's one of those diva number one receivers. He's also really freaking good, and he tends to eat the Patriots' lunch. So Allen's motivated. Diggs kicks your ass. He gets in the end zone, and the Bills win. All right, so there you go. There your FanDuel Sportsbook, six rings and football things, bets of the week. Andy does not know the odds yet on a Steph Diggs anytime touchdown. That sounds like a pretty smart wager, if you ask me as well. I would take any of those odds as well. He also likes Buffalo to cover the eight and a half. I will take Patriots over 15 and a half points and the Pats to cover in a valiant but losing effort. That'll do for our preview here on six rings and football things of Patriots at uh Patriots hosting the Bills may as well feel like Patriots at Bills with how many Bills Mafia members will be taking over. I'll make sure to swing by the back of one liquors where the Bills usually post up. There will be thousands of them there just devouring wings and speaking with their Western New York accents and everything. Oh, God, makes me want to throw up in my mouth and then spit it out somewhere else. It's going to be a tough affair. We'll be with you on the six rings and football things post game show live on WEI following the conclusion of Bills versus Patriots this Sunday. Make sure you stay tuned in there. Check out Cadillac's Crucial Clashes on our feed. We'll go behind enemy lines with you tomorrow with some of our friends from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. And now we wrap the preview pod with Mike Cadillac's chat with our pal Taylor Kyles from CLNS Media on the state of affairs in New England with your Patriots. Take care. Thanks for listening. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast here for WEI and Odyssey Sports. We are back on our Thursday edition of the show, and instead of Andy Hart being here with one of the beat guys, it is me, Mike Cadlick, and I am joined by none other than Taylor Kyles from CLNS Media. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to be here, bud. Always good to talk to you. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do today is, again, this is the the Beat Reporter edition of the uh, Thursday preview of Patriots vs. Bills. Um, Want to try and take not a lighter approach, but sort of a 30,000-foot view um, as the Patriots sit here at 1-5. Sort of season's over type vibes here. It's, uh, (laughs) It's not good. It's not very fun, but... Uh, want to quick take a quick state of the Patriots um, as we sit here six weeks in. So we're going to do a quick uh, top four questions of, uh, as I'm reading it now off my notes, four questions of tops. So top reason why the Patriots are one and five, top positive of the season, 
uh, top trade candidate as we approach the NFL trade deadline in two weeks and the top building block for this team moving forward. So, uh, Taylor, we will start with the top reason why the Patriots sit at 1-5. and five. I want to get your thoughts on it, and then I'll give mine. It's tough. Uh, I want to say roster construction, but I also feel like it's kind. that's kind of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with injuries because okay. they've lost or had a lot of critical players banged up offensively. I think Mike and Winnie and Cole Strange being in and out of the lineup, missing pretty much the entire summer front, one of the whole summer for Cole Strange almost all training camp in the preseason – that's been huge because you got a pocket passer in Mac Jones who already regressed last season because of all the issues up front. And Mike and William Cole Strange were healthy and in the lineup, and obviously Cole Strange was still learning as a rookie and had his struggles. But this season, having to start rookies at both guard spots and having these guys, when they start and can play, they don't finish games. And that's been huge because I think right tackle, obviously a lightning rod for criticism. But if you add stability inside, that's just one position you got to shore up. And there's ways around that. But when it's multiple, that's when things get really tough. So there's that. Uh, Devontae Parker, I'm not sure if it's the knee or what, but it seems like the player we saw in the summer during training camp who's catching deep balls in every single practice, he's gone. And you're not seeing the same juice. You're, he's not finishing plays as we saw. You know, I guess the finishing isn't there consistently, but also like the route effort has been kind of weird. It's so, effort. It feels like effort for yeah, him. It's annoying. Effort. So, you, you know, you want to say it's the injury that he had early on in the season, but you're, I'm not even sure. So I'm not going to go too into that one. Right. Uh, but then defensively, those are the really big ones. You lose Christian Gonzalez, who walked onto the field as maybe your best player on defense. Yep. And then your veteran most and best player on defense, and Matt Judon goes down in the same game. Like, And then you got Jonathan Jones, who's been in and out because he's hurt, added a knee injury on top of his ankle injury. Uh, there's just a lot of pieces. And Daniel Lequale, let me shout him out as well, because he's a guy, especially Bills week, he's had a lot of good games against the Bills, yep. and he's out. So Sam Roberts has had to step up, and he's more of a run defender than a pass rusher. So there's been a lot of shots at key positions for them that I think have really held the team back overall. And as much as it's made all the other holes on the roster look bad, I think if those guys are healthy for you, you got at least a couple more wins, or at least there's more hope that you can salvage this season. Uh, but as it stands right now, like those guys being missing has been a big factor in their losses yeah I would agree I think obviously injuries um, have played a huge part of it especially on the defensive side with Gonzalez who like you said came in here and was arguably your best player through two three weeks whenever however long he played Um, Matthew Judon going out obviously a struggle too Um, my again top reason is the offensive line and whether it is those injuries with Cole Strange with Onwenu Um, even if those guys came in and were sort of the the top dogs along the offensive line, I still think that they would be struggling there a little bit, and I think it really does sort of stem from that, um, especially offensively, because, and I know I talked about it with you on your show um, the other night, but I've sort of talked about it here on Six Ranks as well, and, you know, tweeted about it, like, looking at, and I, I keep comparing it to the USC game from this weekend, where Caleb Williams, the best quarterback in football, Lincoln Riley, the best play caller in football, um, one of the best offenses in general in football, USC, Caleb Williams, a guy who was leading the, or the NCAA in touchdown passes, like he all of a sudden gets pressured from you know inside, outside, wherever, and then he's running around like he has no idea what's going on, and their offense, you know, obviously they lose that game, and it all really stems from the offensive line. It messes up your timing, it messes up your rhythm as a quarterback, it messes up um, timing with your receivers. And so it really stems from there, and that's been the struggle all season long. And, you know, it could be injuries. It could just be poor, like you said, roster construction um, from Bill Belichick. It could be the coaching with Adrian Clem, whether he's not getting through to them, whether it's top-down. 
Um, we don't really know from the outside looking in uh, coaching-wise, but I do think just the lack of talent and play from the offensive line has certainly been, again, the top reason why this team sits at 1-5. and five. So let's go from negatives to positives. I know it's hard to find, um, but let's go with your top positive uh, from the Patriots uh, from this 2023 season. From the whole season, um, <clears throat> that's a tough take your one. time. Like that, I said, it's a hard one. Honestly, that really is hard. Um, I guess I would probably have to say the play from the linebacking core. Okay, if I had to pick anything, because I feel like there's been so much inconsistency in the secondary and the defensive front. Like the pass rush is pretty much gone. Run defense has mostly been really good, but they've had their ups and downs. Uh, but I feel like Jelani Tavai has been stacking good yeah, games is. the past few weeks. Uh, he spoke to the media yesterday, um, and it's been good to see him kind of continue to rise as someone who came to the team and people weren't really expecting much. And Jawan Bentley like mm-hmm. continues to be a well-rounded player. Hasn't had a perfect season, but still like one of your key cogs in the run game with his physicality basically being like a defensive lineman at the second level, but also being so um, well-versed in the defense that he's great at getting to his spots and reducing big plays in his area and then being a pretty sound tackler as well. So there's been a bright spot where I feel like there's been consistent productivity in in, uh, production or at least more than any other unit. I'd probably have to say it's the linebacking core. All right. Um, I don't disagree. I I do. I think I've been a a critic of Jelani Tavai in the past from last season to this year just you know, the way that they've sort of talked about and shown that they wanted to get, you know, faster and not, not smaller at the position, but, you know, more athletic. And then they relied on this guy who felt like he had rocks in his cleats last season and couldn't really get, you know, get lateral. But he has impressed. He's been solid for um, this defense. But and same with Bentley, too. Bentley's been awesome. I think he's a leader of this team. He'll be signed the extension. He'll be around here for a while. But um, as far as positives for me, I think the first one and this is sort of looking into the future because he is going to be out for a while. But, I mean, the fact that they hit on Christian Gonzalez yeah. was massive. Um, he was great early. Um, we mentioned him in the last sort of question that he was um, their best defender through the first few weeks. I think the fact that you can build on that and actually um, it really looks like you hit on a first-round pick moving forward. That is something to, uh, something to be positive about. The other one is Kendrick Bourne. I think he's been great, especially last week. And he, he has his ebbs and flows, and sometimes he's not excellent, maybe gets... Um, I don't want to call him lazy in his route running, but sometimes that sort of falls off. But um, last week he was awesome. I think this sort of goes into our next question. Um, but I do think Kendrick Bourne uh, is really, you know, turning into Mac. Mac Jones says he has a lot of confidence in Devontae Parker. He says he has a lot of confidence in everybody. Uh, but I really think his top sort of pass catcher wide receiver that he can rely on and, you know, get the ball to and go to um, situations has been Kendrick Bourne. So with that being said, Kendrick Bourne is in a contract year. Uh, the Patriots have plenty of guys in contract years. They haven't really done anything or moved on any of them as far as extensions go. Um, with the trade deadline coming up in two weeks and the fact that this team is sitting at 1-5 and five and will probably end up being more so sellers than buyers, um, who do you think is the Patriots' top trade candidate where um, not only that they might be able to get the most from, but um, a guy who you could actually see them moving on from uh, in these next couple weeks? It's got to be Josh Uche, right? Like Jeremy Fowler reported uh, that his foot injury isn't considered to be a long-term issue, and that's big because without Matt Judon, the thought was, okay, Josh Uche, your time to shine. And it feels like offensive tackles adjusted more to his game like last season because he hasn't played a ton of snaps. I feel like the book wasn't quite out on him yet, and he was able to get a lot of pressure against offensive tackles with his speed and kind of with uh, the ghost move where you make it look like you're going to bull rush, you take the hand and you dip underneath. That gave people a lot of trouble last year. 
now you're seeing offensive tackles play him a lot more patiently, and that's kind of forcing him to try to convert his speed rushes to power. And that's not working because he doesn't have a lot of power to begin with. So if like offensive linemen aren't like kicking back quickly to try to uh, protect against speed, and they're really like well balanced and kind of waiting yeah. for him to come to them, then those bull rushes maybe you get like a step back from the tackles, but there's not a whole lot there. So I think as quickly as possible you try to sell on him uh, to a team that maybe has pass rush depth, pass rush depth, yeah. where he can be maybe the second or third guy like he was here with Judon, and really let him thrive in another situation for a contender or somebody who needs like an extra bit of juice there. And I feel like he's the only person who's going to get you a high pick as well I think maybe like a conditional second we talked about yeah. um probably a third is like is more likely uh, but at the same time you know I know Evan Lazar when we talked he mentioned how Uche does much better in the second half of the season but if that doesn't happen then he hits the market and with a right. depreciated pass rush market because there's so many good edge rushers right now especially in the draft then there's a chance that he signs for a modest deal elsewhere and you don't get anything but like a fourth or fifth round compensatory pick back and that's I think a worst case scenario so he's not doing much for you He's not an every-down player right now. Anthony Jennings has really kind of become that guy that yep. they use on every down more often. So, yeah, I think you just give it all to Anthony Jennings and you try to get out of the Uche situation as best you can. Yeah, I, I, I would agree, I think, um, with everything that's been you know reported on um, with Uche lately, like you said, with the fact that his foot injury isn't going to be um, you know a long-term issue, uh, the fact that I think it was Henry McKenna yesterday from Fox Sports reported that there haven't been any contract discussions with him as of late. Um, I mean that's easy. Like, if like you mentioned, if you do not sell on this guy, and then he gets to the off season, and you don't extend him, like that's just the kind of stuff that you know it ticks me off. With I, I think about you know over the last ten years, I've thought more about the trade deadline in like a sport like baseball rather than football because the NFL trade deadline hasn't really over only over the last couple of years it's sort of turned into this you know major thing. I think people are you know starting to move pieces and that sort of buyers or sellers thing that everyone talks about in baseball has really come forward in football and the Patriots haven't really had to beat sellers. So like, I haven't really thought about it in this context, but with these guys like Uche with Bourne, with, you know, Henry and Duggar and Onwenu and all these guys who, you know, if you just let them all walk and you got nothing for them, like that's the stuff that's going to tick me off even more with this team after starting one in five, you got to get value for these guys. So um, I do think Uche is probably the guy you'd get the most for. And the fact that it's been reported, they haven't had those discussions for um, an extension going into next season and beyond. Um, that one feels obvious. Um, I do think Kendrick Bourne, too, could help a team, uh, whether it's like, you know, I, I think of, you know, Super Bowl contenders like Kansas City who don't really have um, a deep wide receiving core. I think, I mean, Kendrick Bourne has done, despite being in, you know, the doghouse he was in last year, I feel like he's been sort of a, a consummate pro here, um, says all the right things, you know, has a good can-do type of attitude that I think would be awesome in a place like Kansas City. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they if they sold on him, too. I don't know how much you could get for him, but um, as far as, you know, building blocks, which we'll get to in the next question, I also, if Kendrick Bourne wants to be here for the rebuild and be here for the long haul, that's the kind of guy I would love to build around if he is willing to sign an extension or, you know, sign next offseason moving forward. But um, with the performance he's put on as of late, I also think he's a decent um, trade candidate to try and move on from. So talking about that, talking about the future, selling on these guys in contract years. Clearly, you know, we've, we've talked quarterbacks. You've talked quarterbacks on your podcast, um, you know, rookies and guys coming in. This is a rebuilding team, and this is a team that isn't really going for anything this year. But moving forward, what would you say, who would you say, 
whether it's offense, whether it's defense, whether you want to give one for both, is the top building block on this Patriots team moving forward into 2024 and beyond. I feel like Christian Gonzalez is right at the top of the list. Like, a guy who, if he had continued at the pace he was on, you know, Jalen Carter's fantastic, and unless, but unless he put up, like, ungodly numbers, it was probably going to be Gonzalez, his defensive rookie yeah. of the year. But at the same time, if he got that award in impressive fashion as their top corner, that would have been, you know, sneaky, kind of, not quite Micah Parsons, obviously, he's truly generational talent. But the kind of thing where the only reason he didn't get defensive player of the year was because he was a rookie. And everyone talks about it like, he should win it, but we're giving it to TJ Watt because he had a great season, you know, all that, but runaway defensive rookie of the year christian gonzalez i think would have been in a similar conversation where if he's performing well every week against number one receivers it's like well how do you not at least sneak his name right. in there like he's he's that guy who gets the one surprise vote yeah, yeah, yeah. just because you know he's a rookie again michael parson situation um so i think he's the no-brainer on defense i also love keon white and Marte mapu i think the versatility isn't there as much as I thought because his physicality against the run hasn't been as impressive as I hope, but he's still young. I think, honestly, his future's at free safety. And if you put him there and is more of a like further away from the line of scrimmage role yeah, yeah. and Keon White develops, like I think that's a really great defensive core along with the Juwan Bentley. Um, so, yeah, for Christian Gonzalez defensively, I think it's him. Offensively, it's really tough because I want to say like a, a Mike and Winnie were a cool strange, but they're hurt and strange. We don't even know what he really is at this point. Um, so and, and then you can't you're say Hunter to Henry skip too. You're allowed to yeah, skip the offense because right. Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry also in contract here. So yeah, I yeah. I don't think they have. That's really scary yeah. to say, man. But they don't have a building block on offense. You would have hoped it would have been Devontae Parker contract wise. Uh, maybe Pop. I, you okay. know, I, I think it's got to be him because he's the only one who gets explosiveness. He has that you know big slot role on their offense. Um, so I would say he's probably the only piece you really have to say, all right, for the foreseeable future, let's you know have an offense that complements what he does well and maybe puts him in a position where he doesn't have to be the building block. He can just be a building block. So yeah, it is. It's it's tough to to think about it that way. That you know the one guy we, we think this team could build around offensively is a six round pick who they took after Kayshawn Booty and after all these other guys. And you know, nothing against Pop, but. Um, you know, there should be more. Yeah, it's not ideal. There should be more sort of capital given to that. Um, I mean, it's not a Julian Edelman where it's like, yeah, he was a late round pick, but at the same time, it's been like three years right, he's developed, right. and now you know what he is. Exactly. It's like you don't even know what Pop yeah. is. That's what makes it. That's why the six round pick thing is big because it's like not only was he a we're late building, round pick, yeah. but we don't know what he is at the NFL level consistently. Right. We're talking about building around a guy who's played you know less than six games in the NFL already. Yeah. Um, I would agree though with Gonzalez. Same reason why he's the top positive of this season is because. Despite being one in five, you can really build around that guy moving forward. There's plenty of promise. Show that he can guard some of the best wide receivers in football. You know, in the first three weeks of ever suiting up. Um, so that's that's the guy, clear as day. I think you're right. He could have made a run at defensive rookie of the year, and I wouldn't have been shocked if he did play out the full season. If he got a tally or two as defensive player of the year, like that kid really is a stud. And I am. I'm looking forward to uh, watching him play here for the rest of his career. So that's sort of the uh, the quick state of the Patriots as we sit here at one and five. Um, one last question for you, Taylor. You guys can get my prediction and pick um, on tomorrow's episode or on yeah Thursday morning's episode of Six Rings of Football Things. I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm workshopping it in my brain when these are actually going to be posted, and it actually will already be on the feed if you listen to myself and Andy's uh, Crucial Clashes podcast for Thursday against the Bills. I'll give my prediction there. But here is Taylor Kyles. Taylor, what do you think happens this week against the Buffalo Bills? How do the Patriots match up, and uh, how does uh, how does the matchup end up playing out? 
I mean, real. I think it's going to be ugly. It, big surprise, I know. Yeah, right. It's not like the Bills have wiped the floor with New England in recent history. Um, but, yeah, like defensively, it's really tough because, like I kind of alluded to, you have no pass rush. And beyond that, I don't think the run, run lane discipline or rush lane discipline has been great. And against Josh Allen, that's a killer because not only is he going to have time, but he's probably going to be able to scramble. Right. And that puts a lot of pressure on the back end, which might not even have Jonathan Jones. On top of that, the Bills have a really good rushing offense. They're like third in EPA um, per play, which is uh, consistency, and, or I'm sorry, yeah, is consistency and then um, and explosiveness. So you have to respect both, which isn't something you typically have to do with the Bills offense. It's like, yeah, run on us, but no Josh Allen, but James Cook can right. rip off chunk plays and you don't really want him to get comfortable. That's the thing with, sorry to cut you off, but that's mm. the thing with the uh, the Bills offense, especially this year, is like everyone talks, they don't have a rushing threat and it's all Josh Allen. And the Patriots have sort of contained Josh Allen in the run game, but James Cook has emerged as, you know, one of their their top guy in the run game. So. Yeah, and then you got Latavius Murray, right. who it feels like he keeps bouncing around teams and every single time he lands somewhere, it's like, oh my God, he still looks 25. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. like, he's just not a bell cow, sure, but like he's still a good downhill runner who makes right. big plays everywhere he goes. So he's another threat. Osiris Torrance um, is a, what, it's like a mauler in the run game. Yeah. Um, I'm still doing my research. I need to see how much exactly he's playing, but uh, their entire offensive line is a really solid unit. Uh, so I'm not not sure they're going to be able to stop Josh Allen, to be very honest. And then when it comes to the Patriots' offense, Bill Belichick and Mac Jones both called the Bills' pass rush the best pass yep. rush in the NFL. Most sacks in the NFL this year. Yep. And last year they had trouble against A.J. Epinesa and Gregory Russo. Um, now they've also got Leonard Floyd. So he got depth and guys who have history against your front uh, having success. And then Ed Oliver against like an Antonio Maffi, who's almost definitely going to have to start again. Might even be City So as well. They haven't been able to stop um, twists up front. Like They're losing the same thing every week. And Mafi's also struggled one-on-one. So there's not a lot of bright spots from him recently, unfortunately. Um, so if you have to drop back and pass, it's not going to be good. I think they have a chance in the run game if they stick to it because the Bills are very boomer bust. They create a lot of negative plays, but that aggressiveness also leads to them giving up a lot of uh, positive plays for the offenses. So the Patriots can run the ball, control the game, which is just like so out of character for them. I, their run game has been good when they lean on their downhill stuff, but in terms of really controlling a game, they haven't been consistent enough to do that. So that's putting a lot on their plate and expecting something that we haven't seen. But I really think that's the only way that you even keep this game competitive is just run, run, run. Like basically the script they had in yeah. that game where Mac threw like four times. Like literally just try to throw as little as possible and keep Josh Allen on the sidelines. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's going to be a struggle. Again, you can uh, that's Taylor's prediction. You can listen to mine on the Crucial Clashes episode of Six Rings and Football Things this week with myself and Andy Hart. He's Taylor Kyles. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today. Mike, thank you so much for having me today. You can follow him on Twitter at tkyles39. Read all of his uh, written analysis at clnsmedia.com. Again, he's the uh, Patriots beat reporter over there. Uh, that is it for Six Rings and Football Things today from Gillette Stadium as we preview Patriots versus Bills. Uh, I'm Mike Cadlick. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Cadlick. You can make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast here and on the Odyssey app. Um, a reminder that Six Rings is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more at FanDuel. And until next time, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.